MS sucks. I know. I've lived with it since 1998, and man, it's been one hell of a roller coaster. When people ask, how are you doing? I say, fine. Great. Really? Most of the time, it's a lie, because we're programmed to hide our struggles. I'm not a doctor or a researcher. I'm just a normal guy talking from experience. And let me tell you, sharing those experiences with other people living with MS has made my life a hundred times better. So get ready for a belly up to the bar, honest conversation with real people who at first hesitate to tell the truth about life with MS, but eventually let it all hang out. I'm your host, Jim Fairchild. How you really doing? Andrea Kofed has so much energy, I wish I could bottle it and hand it out as a cure for MS fatigue. Seriously, it's that much. She is that person whose laugh gives her way at parties and who usually has a group of people around her because she is always ready for a conversation. Now, Andrea doesn't have MS, but she does have a passion for helping people with MS. And all these characteristics make her perfectly suited to be the walk MS manager at our Oregon chapter of the MS Society. Now, since Andrea doesn't have MS, I was wondering how she relates to the people she helps every day. And you know what? I love what she says. She says she first asks people about their diagnosis story and then about their MS symptoms. But overall, she gets to know everyone as a person and not just a person with MS. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? That's what we're all going for, right? You know, it goes right along with the saying that I have MS, but MS doesn't have me. And Andrea's looking at it like, yeah, you have MS, but I'm here to help the person, not just worry about the MS. You know, I love our MS Society here in Portland, Oregon, because all the people there are so heartfelt and so caring. And if you haven't gotten to know the MS Society in your area, then I definitely encourage you to do so. As Andrea points out, the MS Society programs can help you live the best life you can live. And if you haven't looked into this and you need something, whether it's financial assistance or emotional support, I will bet that you'll be surprised at how the society can help. With that being said, it's always hard to ask for help for sure. So Andrea has another perspective on the H word, the the help word, because when you're able to accept it, it can definitely better your life. You know, Andrea is an extrovert, as am I. So we love to be around people. The power of people fills us up and recharges us. And we talk a lot about that and how about this is good for MS and it's good really for life in general. Then things get interesting with Andrea because she turns the tables on me. She takes over my podcast and asks me how I'm really doing. Now, this was super fun, and as you'll hear, Andrea and I laugh a lot during our conversation, and so much so that I had to turn down Andrea's mic numerous times so she didn't blow out your eardrums. So get ready to hear Andrea's energy, her passion, and her laughter. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here, and I have got to tell you, I don't know if you know this, but whenever I see you, I was trying to think of what I was going to start this podcast with, and I'm thinking, every time I see Andrea, she makes me smile. And so it's your your voice, your laughter. Do you, do you know you do that? Um, yes, but I can't help it. So I guess it's just my disease I have to live with of always 
being happy. My dad calls it the happy puppet syndrome. Happy puppet. And uh, I'm a goofball, and I like to talk, and I laugh at myself a lot. Therefore, that's why I probably enjoy being with you so much, because I like like all those characteristics. Those are all good. And laughing at yourself is a a good way to go, but uh, I can can tell when you're around, because I can hear your laughter. You can. Yeah. It's... It's infectious, people say, so I'm a virus and I'm trying to infect you with laughter. Good, good. <laughs> I, yeah, being a virus and infecting didn't sound as good. But with no, la- I know. With you see how I turned that around? Good. Yes, <laughs> with laughter is very good. So with your infectious personality, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like you have landed in a very good role uh, at the MS Society. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but what I want to do first, before we get to your role with MS, is... is where did you come from? Where where did where were you before the MS Society? Mm, in a land far, far away, uh, in Salt Lake City. Yep, I yep. Um, a totally different land. Far, a totally far away. different land. Not too different from Denver, right? We're kind of yep. similar. Yep. In in in, uh, in mountains. In mountains and snow and that and kind of snow, thing. Snow, yep. hot and snow. Right. Um. So, oh geez, I don't think I remember that far back. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> I I remember college. Well, what was sure. your job uh, before the MS Society? Well, that's hard to say because uh, I started my professional life the same time I got involved with the MS Society. Oh, okay. So my story goes back to I'm this young, energetic, uh, just finished college, got my degree in public health. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, please hire me. I have no work experience. So now I just start sniffing around for internships. I just want to pick up as many internships as I can get just to build my own resume. Uh And the first one to pick me up was the National MS Society. It was about 300 hours. Uh, It was inside the office. I mean, 300 hours, I got that done in like two or three months. So uh, I I went through my hours pretty fast. But even though my job was done that they had asked me to do, I really enjoyed it. So I said, I want to keep doing this. I know you have events. Can I volunteer? So I stayed as a volunteer. They had four yearly events. So I was at all four of them every year, every year. And then um, as I worked as a volunteer, I then got a job um, working in the tobacco prevention program. And so that's kind of my double life. I did tobacco prevention where I got a paycheck. And then I did the National MS Society as a volunteering. Mm -hmm. Very good. So I did a volunteer for about seven years. Wow. Yeah. Here in Portland or in Utah? In Utah. It's okay. Utah chapter. Wow. So you volunteered that whole time and then you were doing tobacco prevention yep. on the other side? Yep. So I worked for the county health department and then I worked for the state health department, both in tobacco prevention. Uh-huh. And it was um, my first job at the county. Was it a county? Yes, it was at the county. That's where I met my first friend who was living with MS. Okay. She was a coworker. And when I told her about my internship and I, you know, I tell her that I volunteered, she's like, oh yeah, I have MS. And I was like, oh, you do? Like, I had no idea. So she told me like, you know, how it affects her and she's, she was doing well. And so she was my first MS friend, friend friend. with MS. Yeah. First -er. Um, MSer. So what was it about working at the MS Society that you have liked so much? I mean, to volunteer for seven years, what, what, what sucked you in? I mean, I know us MSers are really cool people, so I, I understand that. But what 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 brought you into it, um, or kept you in it? Well, I think I'm a sucker for fun, so I thought the events were fun, and right. uh, the timing of my internship, I had 
it was in the fall, so I just missed their bike, um, and I heard so much about it, and their next event was in February, and it was a brunch for all the rich ladies. It was a champagne and fashion show, mm-hmm. so I was there at that, and that was fun because it was its own event. Uh, the Walk MS was next. I just had so much fun doing it. I finally, Bike MS came around. I was like, finally, I get to hear what the whole fuss is about. Had ton of fun doing that because it's over three, four days. And then uh, in the fall, they had the fancy black tie. So I got to get sweaty and I got to like be outside and then I got to get pretty and look nice in my high heels. So it was a variety. And you got to have fun the whole time. And I got to have fun the whole time. And you brought fun because you are fun. I did bring the fun. Yes, yes. Boom. Yes. Yeah. And you like doing sound effects, which I really like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Boom. Hopefully I'll uh, bring in some more sound effects. Boom. There you go. <laughs> um, so you have met one, you have one friend or at that time, one mm-hmm. friend with MS. Um, I always wonder how have you been able to relate to people with MS? Okay. Knowing that you don't have MS, how have you been able to relate? Um, I mean, I... I think I can identify clearly that I will never really see through your eyes. I can try to learn as much as I can about what you're going through and I can listen and I can be an active listener um, and try to put myself in your shoes. But I don't know if I'll ever know the emotional like crushingness for a crappy day. Like I've had a crappy day. I've had the flu, but I've never had MS. And Mm -hmm. um, I think... I think what I try to do the most is to get to know people better. So I get to know like their diagnosis story and I get to know what MS symptoms are affecting them. But then I also like to get to know them as a person. Mm-hmm. And then for me, um, I, I like to look at them as the person and not the person who has MS. Because we're all people, right? Right, right. And so, I don't know, that's, that's the way I try to look at things. You know, I love that. I really love, I haven't heard that really before, but mm-hmm. I love how you do that because it is very hard. No matter what we say uh, with MS, it's very, very hard to try to tell somebody who doesn't have it what it's like. Right. But everybody's people and we all deal with things from a personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. So at least if you don't understand what they're going through, you know their personality to be able to try to help them that way. I like that. That's right. pretty good. Right, right. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever heard any analogies from uh, people that have MS that have kind of helped you understand the disease a little bit better? Um, two of them. Okay. And out of those two, I kind of found my own. Uh, I was listening to your podcast because uh-huh. I want to see all the exciting things that was happening. And I'm really bad at, at the names of the people who were on the show at the time. Cause, sure. But uh, she said, um, uh, oh my goodness, her the advice she got was, your reality is not their reality. And that was kind of in response of someone next to her said they were having a bad day. And she was like, you don't get a bad day. Like, right. you don't understand MS. And that's when the friend had told her. And I think that kind of opened up to me, like, I'm trying to understand, but... Our realities are two different things, and totally. I can do my best, but I also need to identify that, you know, she's she's going through it differently than I am, and but I can be there for her, and or you, him, them, all of them. So, right. Uh, another analogy um, came from one of our office volunteers because I was so excited about the podcast. He was talking about all the things, and he said his favorite line was from Shawshank Redemption was. 
you get busy living or you, you get, get busy, busy dying. dying. And so that's kind of where he puts his mentality to to stay positive. Uh-huh. And then and then as we were discussing like what is it that really helps us kind of identify like connecting with this disease and and Wendy our volunteer manager we were we came to the conclusion that um and and Adam our our office volunteer says like I am not the disease mm-hmm. I am more than the disease. So like you're, you sure it's part of your life and maybe it like defines how you look at sometimes but right. it doesn't define who you are. So at least I think that's the goal of that's everybody goal, right. is to not have it define you. In fact, I think that's a big defining moment for a lot of people is to not have the disease define them. Because I know when I was first told that I have MS, I had no idea what MS was. Mm-hmm. And then as you try to get a grasp on it, it can kind of take over or uh, you don't want it to. So it can define you a little bit. So. Right. It's nice to know that that's not, and it's again, it's good to know that you're coming at it from that angle where uh, you're looking at the personal side. Mm-hmm. Well, but, also like another example is like I talked to a lot of people, you know, all of our participants who walk, and um, uh, Lindsay's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people, and she calls me on a regular basis because um, she's asking for help with the website, and so I walk her through part, uh, the steps of the website. Uh-huh. And, she, and Lindsay's somebody in the MS Society, Yes, right? yes. Okay. We'll keep last names anonymous. Yep, Is that great. okay? <laughs> yep, I was just, just wanting to clarify. Yep. Um, but I do love her to death. And uh, and she told me that she used to be like an IT like engineer. And I was like, oh, I had no idea you did that. Uh-huh. And so I felt that, you know, pride aside, she used to know everything about computers. And now she's calling me for just some simple advice to get through the website. And... Ever since she'll apologize about calling me, and I'm like, don't apologize. Like for me, I'm talking to Lindsay, the IT engineer. You know, uh-huh. this is just so happens she has questions about the computer. So for me, I don't see her as like someone who doesn't know how to use a computer. I see her as Lindsay, and I want to see the person. And as soon as you get to know him, it's just everything else is just blurry. Like you don't see canes anymore. You don't see wheelchairs. You see the person. I love that. I love the way you look at that. Um, because I can imagine, because I'm there, for Lindsay to call, it's very hard. Because it's like, dang it, I used to know how to do this. I used to be really good at it. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to do this, no problem. So it is difficult to call. So it's very nice to have somebody on the other line who is understanding and, mm-hmm. and kind of walks you through it that way. Um, what... Do you have certain things that you enjoy doing the most at your job? You know, helping mm-hmm. people. What What do you enjoy the most with your job? Um, I enjoy talking to people more than anything. Um, like I try to I try to reach out to as many people as possible. I'm on the phones a lot, and I've really set a goal to meet as many people as possible. And like a thirty minute coffee can turn into an hour and a half. Easy coffee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Like, I feel bad, like, oh, maybe I should be, you know, back in the office returning emails. And I'm like, no, that was pretty fun. That was that was pretty amazing. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, and you're helping them at that time. Yeah. You know, for that hour and a half, it's it's really nice to, you know, for an MSer to have an ear of somebody who understands or is trying mm-hmm. to understand and listening. So that hour and a half means a lot. 
Right. Well, and the more I get to know you, I get to know what motivates you, what drives you, what's your passions. And then that way I can hopefully create a game plan for you to share your passions, be comfortable with finding your defining role with, you know, living with MS and, and how you can be a part of this movement of, of finding a cure, using utilizing our resources. So the more I know about you, the more I can help you. So yeah. help me help you. Give me a call. We'll set a meeting. Yeah. And, and Let's get coffee. Well, and there's so many things that, that you can do that um, people may not know about. So that hour and a half meeting is is critical. And, and uh, what um, what have you learned from investors? What have you learned from the people that you're helping? Um, well, I think this was the reason that inspired me to stay on as a volunteer, you know, back in 2005 was... I felt like the people I was meeting at the events were just extremely positive in the face of living with this for the rest of their lives. Um, right. And for me, that's also a high level of endurance. Like endurance is probably the hardest thing any of us have to get through because that's our only option is to make it through whatever it is. And so um, that's probably the number one thing I have learned is one, like, you know, you got to take ownership, you got to make it your own and, and you got to stay positive. Um, and by being positive, you, you also um, will draw in others, right? So instead of being like, oh, like, I, I hate using this cane, I never want to like go out in public. I mean, you got your cooler scooter, like we became friends, like, right. you're bringing more people to your podcast. I think that's, that's really the amazing thing. Well, and I kind of think of that as like the power of people. Yes. And the power of being around people, because it uh, it helps me to be around people who understand. It helps me to um, be around people who are talking about like things, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, I think it is a wonderful aspect of your job to bring people together and, and try to introduce them to the power of people, because I think it can really help get people out of their shell. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that... Uh, I am very good when there are social situations. I could be having a horrible day, but if it's social, then all of a sudden I perk up. My my wife knows that. She's like, Jim, just get there and you'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, I think your personality is great to draw people in. Right. When we're talking about like the power of people, like yeah. I, I don't know if this sounds good or bad, but I would say people are my drug, you know, my drug of choice. In fact, right. like it's very addicting for me to talk to as many people as possible. Like. My husband knows if we need to go, he needs to give me 45 minutes in advance. Right. And I'll still go 15 minutes over. My wife knows that about me Just to say goodbye. Right. Yeah. Like, right. I'm saying goodbye for 45 minutes. I know. And, and when you start to say goodbye, you're like, okay, honey, I, I see you. I see you. And then you see somebody else. And you then, see somebody else. Right. Yeah. Can, <laughs> I can sometimes go like three or four feet. And then I'm like, okay. And then somebody else comes up. Yeah. You're like, oh, yep. Gotcha. Yep. You give them the salute across oh, yeah. the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my kids know that too. They're like, dad, come on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but you gotta say goodbye. I you mean, gotta say goodbye. I know people. People are drugs in a way, and I'll tell you what—they're a lot easier and less expensive than the <laughs> drugs, the pharmaceutical drugs that I have to take. Yes, free drugs. Come to you know, we're gonna start peddling it to little elementary kids. Yes. You know, hey, be popular. You know, yeah. yeah. Surround be yourself with positive people. Be Yay! <laughs> Positivity. We're filling up with positivity. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other funny thing is, like, I just read this article. Um, it's about extroverts, so obviously I read it. Um, sure. 
And it was talking about how if if I'm in a low, low energy, like you put me around people and that's uh-huh. how extroverts gain their energy, like a battery. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, bing, 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 bing. Like, I, I'm ready to go. So I know. And that's something that uh, I sometimes have to force myself, which I never thought it would be something that I have to force myself out, force myself to go out and have fun. Because I can be in the house and stuck in here and then I get stuck in my mind and my body gets tired and then it's very easy for me to say, oh, geez, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll just need to take a nap. And, right. But I know the best thing for me is to plan a lunch with a friend. Right. Or, and once I get there, my whole day will be better. Yeah. It's just getting out and doing it. Speaking of people being drugs, like my friends coined it that I kept making stranger friends forever. So instead of BFFs, I had S. Stranger SF SFF yeah. yeah SFF yeah and, and I was like I, I was at a Mets game and my battery to my camera died but I needed a few more photos and what there's people next to me with a camera like we're all in these pictures together mail it to me thanks homie like, right B- BFFs SFFs forever <laughs> well isn't it to me I find that kind of easy see my friends would always say that I'll make friends with the bum on the sidewalk right because I've had long conversations with people right. that are just random uh, and, yes. and and I kind of find that easy for some reason I mean I traveled to Europe by myself I traveled to Australia by myself oh, wow. and I love it I I just <laughs> I I think it's I enjoy going up and and meeting people that way I went to Chicago by myself and I invited my cab driver to have pizza with me <laughs> and he was like, oh, man, I really wish I could. Like, you seem so nice. He's nice. Like, I, I still have to be on the clock until this time. I'm like, why did I invite my cab driver to have pizza with me? Like, all right. <laughs> all right. I guess I did. I guess I'm stuck. Now, my, my wife will always say, like, I'll see somebody and I'll walk away and she's like, did you invite them to the family reunion? <laughs> because... <laughs> I'll have been on, like, I'll, I'll call AT&T to get rid of my phone bill or something. And I always end up being nice to the guy. And she's like, did you get it fixed or did you invite him to the family reunion? <laughs> I'm like, yes, by the way, I got it fixed and I was very nice. So you can get things accomplished by being nice. Right. This is why I love my job so much because we have, what, 5,000 participants that come to walk. And I'm like, great, I just got 5,000 new best friends. Right, like, right. Woo! Yeah, and I mean... You are making everybody feel good, and, yeah. and that see that that's the power of people getting power around people. positivity. Being around that can fill you up really mm-hmm. fast, really fast. So, with all the people, all the people that you talk to at work, um, you know, I, I've obviously talked to a lot of people during this podcast, and I, mm-hmm. I learned something new from all of them. And uh, it, it kind of I did too because I listened to all of them. Yeah, and it, it kind of blows me away. Like I edit these, right? And mm-hmm. so I listen to them over and over and over, and it's really cool because, um, like, I just list, I just uh, got done editing my number eleven podcast, Lindsay Hendershot, mm-hmm. and I listened to it so many times that it was crazy that when I first listened to something she said, it, it affected me one way, and by the time I was done, it completely changed my changed my perspective about something because I heard it a different way you know does that so it sounds uh, like i should listen to your podcast again is that what i'm hearing well hey it, yeah it, and it, it it's affected me that way That's so good. my question is what have you learned from the people that you work with uh with msers um what have you learned that inspires you hmm 
inspiration <clears throat> or, or um, even or changes your perspective about something I think like and this one this is a more depressing answer than a positive answer I think when I think of the people I care about who live with MS or have MS affect their families um, when I when I kind of get stuck in a corner of processing the information like the only thing that comes to my mind is like I throw my hands up in the air and I'm like it's not fair and it that part drives me nuts where um like i think of my first ms friend tiffany mm -hmm. she's probably the most beautiful the most nice genuinely nice like the perfect mother like the perfect friend and she lives with ms and i'm thinking like if her ms had prevented her from you know having children or you know expanding her family i'm like that's not fair because right. she would be the best mom in the entire world she does she was like Oh my gosh, I can't keep numbers straight, but she has a great family. And, uh -huh. But um, another good friend of mine, um, and they're my friends from the tobacco world too, and they they saw my car parked at Walk MS and they left. You the used note. to work. Oh yeah, yeah. You worked yeah. for the tobacco. Industry. So I worked for the yeah. not the tobacco industry, the okay. anti. Sorry, the anti. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yes. Okay, from the tobacco world, the yes, anti tobacco. The world. anti tobacco world, and um, he saw my car parked at the Walk MS event because I was out, you know being a volunteer and he left a note on the windshield like so glad to see you at walk ms and i'm like oh my gosh adam was here so now we're bonding over the ms world and it was his uh it's it's his mother-in-law who had lived with ms and she unfortunately had passed away um right before the baby or the, his his baby was born mm -hmm. and so then i think about I'm like okay like Lydia didn't get to meet grandma you know like laura's an amazing person her mother was an amazing person like that's not fair when it comes to MS. And so that's where I kind of just get stuck and I'm like, I don't know what to do. It's not fair. This sucks. Mm, it does suck. It does suck. And so I think that's definitely one of the grieving stages, you know, to think right. this is not fair. Why is this happening to me? So if somebody comes in to the office and they're in that stage of the grieving process, what do you say? Or how can you help them with that? Or how do you try to help them? Because it's a really tough one. Right. Well, I think the most important thing is options because MS affects everyone differently. So that means their emotions are handling it differently, which means they might need one thing um, that someone else, you know, it's, there's not one catch-all answer. Totally. So yeah. um, I like to make sure that they know that we have programs for them. Like we have like webinars, there's the, um, uh, information line that they can get connected to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important for them to know that we have financial uh, aid for them. Yeah. And I know a lot of people want to take care of themselves. It's hard to ask, but I mean, honestly, the point of financial aid is to help you when you're in a, when you're stuck. Right. And we're not going to like constantly be giving you checks every single month. Like it's to help you keep your independence because we want you to live the best life you can live. Right. And so if that means we're going to give you um, uh, some help to remodel your bathroom so you now can be independent when you take a shower, we're 100% behind you. If it means just helping you put gas in your tank so you can make it to your doctor's appointment so you can be on top of your, you know, working with your doctor and getting your, you know, test done, like, we will be there for you. Which I think is so helpful. And I know that it is very hard to ask for assistance. And I always think of uh, last last summer, there was people in my MS group that you know were trying to get air conditioners. And I can't make it through the summer in the heat. Right. 
So that to me makes a ton of sense to get help getting an air conditioner or it's a getting gift that help. keeps on giving. Oh my gosh, it does because uh, I feel fortunate because I was able to stay in my air conditioned house and and stay cool because. On a hundred degree day, if I don't have air conditioning, I am toast. I won't be able to function. I like that you said a hundred degree because for me it's like ninety degree. I'm like, whoa. Okay, all right. It's well, toasty. Yeah, ninety degrees. I'm yeah. That that's too hot for me too. <laughs> I I like mid seventies. You know, even if it gets it gets up to the eighties and it gets starts. But yeah, it it knocks me out. So it is really important to know that the mm -hmm. MS Society has opportunities uh, for people to get assistance. Mm -hmm. And I have gone through the. I, I got assistance when um i got a check one time uh it was quite a while ago it was like when we first moved here mm -hmm. and tell you what when we first moved here we were freaking out because we moved from denver and we were starting a new business um i we actually left denver because the corporate world was a bit too much for me i yep. was working too hard and so we came here starting our own business and running ourselves ragged and we were really trying to you know make ends meet mm -hmm. and so you guys helped us out a lot a yep. lot and not only that but um the very first time i went into the ms society in oregon i'm from denver which mm -hmm. is the headquarters of the ms society so it was much more corporate feeling mm -hmm. but yep. here in portland i walked in and the very first time renee scarcella who isn't there anymore but she completely dropped everything she was doing. And I know she was doing a ton. And she talked to my wife and I for over two hours. And we felt so at home. And we got so much help that we actually felt planted here. Because we were freaking out. I mean, we had so many, you know, we have two young kids. We're trying to pay the bills. We're trying to do these things. And she just, we walked in and she gave us options. She gave us support. She said, you know, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. I will tell you this. I'll hook you up with that person. It just, we, we walked out of there on cloud nine in a way uh, because we had some things help us. And yes, it's hard to ask for help, but I'll tell you what, when you get help and you accept help, mm -hmm. man, it can make life a lot better. It makes life, right. it can make life easier and it can just ease some pain, which I've, I've experienced that, so I, I'm right. very thankful for that. If I would say, if you don't want to ask for help, right? You know, you don't like the H word. Right. right. I would say, call us and help us, or call us to ask for direction. There right? you go. Or, the hey, D do you word. have any resources? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we're like, yeah, we, we've got all that. You're like, we'll help, you know, let me direct you to this Dude, information exactly. that's going to help and exactly that way and you don't have to ask for help you just ask yeah ask you're for, asking for resources yeah right. <laughs> yeah and it is a it really does it, it can change things you know it can change uh the course of your disease it can mm -hmm. change um how you do on a daily basis and that's important to take care of yourself i i really believe that that is one step in taking care of yourself that is i i had an extremely hard time at the beginning mm -hmm. um asking for help and I didn't want to tell people at work that I had it and so I worked through so many tough days because right. of that um, but now I ask for help a lot and I have to it, it but it, it does make it, it allows me to do something that if I didn't ask for help I wouldn't be able to do it otherwise mm -hmm. so it, it has been very critical for that well I think it's also rewarding for us because like 
whenever we get the thank you cards for like, thank you for the $15 for the yoga sessions for uh-huh. like a year. And I'm like, that's all it took. Here's 20 bucks. Like, right, right. I, yes, you know. And so, I mean, that's the most rewarding thing for me is the, the thank you cards that you don't have to thank us. To, you know, disclaimer, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Not you don't have to, to send us. a thank you card if we do something. <laughs> but, you know, we, we're just so invested in you. Yeah. That it's nice to hear how you're doing. So that, that's another question. What's a good day for you? I mean, what what is uh, what is something that uh, when it happens, whether it be a thank you card or something else, what's a good day for you? Not only that you get a lot of your work done or whatever, but right. a good day. Which work is never done, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah um, true. I like it. I think a good day for me is the day that somebody says... Um, how I had made a difference for them, how they had changed their perspective. Like, can I put you on the spot, for instance? You may. You can edit this out, too. That's, okay. that's the glory yeah. of you being Isn't in charge. Cool? Yeah, right. if I don't like what I say, then... So, uh, we were at Bike MS, and we, we had that long conversation in the AC while we were trying to... Yes, you and the, I were trying to cool floor. down in the yep. dorm room. Yep. So, yep. And so, and even we had talked about football, we were talking about life, you know, we philosophizing, and then, like, towards the end, you, you said... You know, talking to you, I can remember things now. Like, having conversations with you, like, things are coming back to me. And uh, and things that you don't experience with your um, on your uh, football fantasy league. And so, like, for me, I was like, I'm touched that we can talk and we can, like, bring, you know. And I think that's the power of people. It's not just it me. Is. It was yeah. when, you're, when you're talking about things you care about, that's when... You're getting, you know, more more clarity on things. And, and you know, um, I remember that specifically, and it was very hot at the at Bike MS, and and I went into the the room to cool down, and and I was in a place where my mind was melted. You know, right. I I couldn't talk, I couldn't think, I just needed to chill, and. I'm like, I need to take a nap. But I'm like, okay, do I take a nap here? And I looked over and there was a biker that... Was gotten, probably napping, yeah, right? Yeah, napping down there. So I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. But um, when you sat down, I remember that my first thought, and I love talking to you, but my first thought was, oh, geez, I don't know if I have it in me to talk. But as we talked, what helps also is to take your mind off of your MS, to take your mind off of how much it sucks at that mm-hmm. point. And so that's that by letting it go because it's very easy just to um think oh my god this sucks oh my god this sucks oh my god this sucks oh this sucks oh this sucks it's very easy to do that and in talking to you i got my mind off of it and then some some things started clicking again so i was able to to go back out i was your nap right yes yeah yeah you were i mean charging your battery totally yeah and people charge yeah people nice sound effects see you are the key sound effector I'm yeah. trying to bring them, trying to bring them in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're good. Um, so, yeah, that that is definitely the power of people. And um, it's not it, it, getting so it, it off your it mind. It made a big deal to you, but it made oh, yeah. a big deal to me. That's that's my good day. Yeah. And um, see if you remember this line. Um, Nora had said in her podcast, because um, I had mentioned, you know, it's really hard to ask for help. And she says, let's see if I can get this right. Um, Never deny another person the opportunity to better themselves mm-hmm. by helping you. Yep. Because just like you enjoyed sitting there talking to me mm-hmm. and you got something out of it, I got something out of it. So it wasn't a hindrance. It wasn't a problem. Right. You know, to talk to you. And so I always have to, I, I remember that a lot uh, because people want to help. And, and my right. friends, you know, I, I feel bad 
easily feel bad when I go to an event or go to a picnic with our friends and and I literally can't do anything. I can mm -hmm. sit there, you know. Um, but what I'm really good at is talking and yes, you are. laughing. You found your and calling in life with this yes, podcast. Yep. I yep, I can talk and, and I can drink beer. So if, if somebody needs to <laughs> talk and drink beer, then they know they can come talk to me. Mm -hmm. So there are things I can do. I just can't get up and lift and move. And so the people around me are just so fantastic that I can know that they enjoy helping me. And they've told me, the, you know, Jim, just let us know what we can do. We'll right. do it. And it took a long time for me to realize, okay, it's not a hindrance. That's good. I've always wondered. Um, I love getting the door for people. I think it's just common courtesy. I think totally. it's polite. But yeah. I would hopefully, I would not want to make someone feel bad because I had to spend 20 seconds like holding the door um, for, for someone because of either the, especially at our building when they didn't have the uh, handicap door. We do now, by the way. Okay, thank Huge goodness. Huge victory. I'm like, this is the MS Society. Where is the little blue button? Right? Super embarrassing. I know. Yeah. Like, shame us, right? Um no, we have the little blue button now. It nice. came after the after the last time you stopped by the office, okay, so we good. have it now. Good, because I was going to write a really scathing note. <laughs> you should. I'm just kidding. I was not going. You better call Lisa Roth right yes. now. Let like her the second. Know. Where is the Take blue this button? Take to the Lisa? top. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we do have that blue button, um, but oh my gosh, where were we going? <laughs> oh, I uh, like to hold the door for people. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean, how does that make you feel when complete strangers are like, oh, I see you're coming, you know, and that you might want me to hold the door for you. Yeah. And you know what? What I notice when that happens is I notice the good in people. Okay. And you know what? There is so much good in people, so much more than thinking that the world is negative all the time. And, you know, um, if I'm in my house and I'm watching the news or, you know, you can think that the world is a horrible place. But right. when I get out and people hold the door for me, help me, um, look out for me, ask me questions, it it really blows me away. And, and the world is really a good place. And um, now, granted, I am behind a walker now. Mm -hmm. And so it's much more obvious that I need help. But I've had people, I can see them through the glass doors. I'm, you know, they right. get up from the other side of the office and come over and help the door and, you know, hold the door. And, and uh, the other night, uh, my wife and I were leaving a restaurant. And it can be kind of hard sometimes. I'm, you, know, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're having to ask somebody to move their chair in or Oh, my gosh, know, yes. Or, and they were so nice, so nice. And one guy actually got up and, and he moved, like, not only his chair, but the chair next to him and the mm -hmm. chair next to him. Common and, courtesy, right? Bringing it back. Well, I I guess I'm happy to know that it is common courtesy, that it mm -hmm. is more common than uncommon. And then when uh, I was walking ahead and, and a guy uh, tapped, my tapped my wife's shoulder mm -hmm. and said, do you mind if I ask you a question? And she's like, no. And he said, did he get hurt overseas? Wondering if I got hurt. You're a vet. Right, yeah. if I'm a vet or if I got hurt in the war. And and Natalie came back and she told me that. And she goes, he was so nice. And I said, she goes, does that surprise you that he asked you that? And I go, no, I, I always wonder what people think. Right. You know, I always wonder why they think I'm limping so bad. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I try to make light of it because I, I tell them, you know what, I am way too good looking to <laughs> have MS. 
or to be limping like this. Darn right? tootin', yes. Right, okay. right. I mean, that's my response. And so... Let the world know. Right. Jim Fairchild's too good looking for this. Exactly. And you know what? And I also say, if you know, if somebody says something, I'm, I, I'll say, you know, I am the best looking guy with MS in this room. <laughs> and the only time that doesn't work is when I'm at like an MS group or the MS society or at the walk or something. Otherwise, I use that all the time. <laughs> I would use that, but except I can't use the MS part. I'm, like, I'm no. the best looking person. With a white shirt. With a white shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah, see, it works for everybody. And I have not copyrighted that, so you go right ahead and, and Done. use that. Done. Stolen. Yes. yes. Stolen. Okay, I'm going to turn the table on you. I have a question I want to ask, and it's been bugging me, and I want to know the truth. So, okay. what? So if I lie, then... You can't lie, because okay. how are you really doing? That's oh. the point, right? Yes, right. So, oh, yes, yes. we just talked about how polite and how nice people are, especially for opening the door for you. But I also have I've heard of this. I've never experienced it. There is a look that people can give you. With, with association with like those with canes, walkers, wheelchairs... I was first introduced to the the term the look from right. Augie because his mother had uh, she you know was in a wheelchair and I had no idea this existed. Your other podcast touched on it. I was like, yeah. okay, what is this look? What do you think people are thinking? Does it drive you nuts? How do you get through it? The look is okay. So it has changed for me through the course of my disease because okay. my disease has changed. Okay. And um, I have gone through different phases with the look. There was a time where it really pissed me off, and I'm like, I am going to say something to those people. I will people. punch you in the face. Right. But... You, you asked me one time if I should park here in the handicapped spot, and I will tell you. Right. So I had some comebacks, you know. Like, mm -hmm. if if somebody were to come up to me and say, you know what, I don't think you should be parking there. That's for handicapped people. It's for handsome people. Sorry right. you didn't get one. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know, that's a good one, though. But the thing that I always wanted to say, and I never got a chance to use this, was, I'm sorry, could I see your badge? Uh, I don't have a badge. Well, aren't you some type of police to be able to answer, you know, to be able to ask me why I should be parking here? Are you the handicapped police? Because yes. I don't know why you're asking me these things. And I don't know how that would play out. In my mind, it worked really well. I never got a chance to like, use I got that. a permit to the gun show, and this is me nice. holding up my arms for those who can't see me. Oh, Andrea's like holding up her arms like she's really strong. That's a good one. I like that. That, that was my guns. You guys didn't see my guns. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, this army and this army. Yes. Boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Now the look has totally changed for me because <laughs> when I get out of the handicap spot, mm -hmm. people know that I belong there <laughs> because... Because you're I, so handsome, well, right? Yes. It's handicap, not handsome spot. Oh, okay. I keep but getting that mixed up. I, I, I like yours, yours better. But when I get out of my car, they know that I belong in handicap because I literally mm -hmm. get out and I do the car hop, you know, so I'm grabbing the car and moving on down the car to try to get to my walker in the back. And okay. What I think they're probably, if they look at me now, they're thinking, how the hell is that guy driving? <laughs> because I, I, I'm like just car hopping to get down. The, and they don't know that I have hand, hand controls. controls. Right. Yeah. So they don't know that. But um, so the look now is more of a look of sympathy. Okay. Of, you know, why is that guy? What's wrong with that guy? And I guess I've gotten used to it over 16 years. Um, and I've never, I've never had anybody come up and be rude. Um because I, I've had comebacks. You know, I'm, I've waited for people to do that. Right. My sister, actually, in Colorado, um, got really mad at somebody because they parked in a handicapped spot and they weren't handicapped. Ooh. And so she got out of her car and 
bitch at them because she's like, you know what? I know that if my brother needed that spot, he should have that spot, damn it. Right. So right. she got mad. Um, so, yeah, look is definitely out there. And uh, I know that a lot of people listening have have experienced the look, and sometimes it can piss you off. So it is there. Question about yes. this look. Is there an opposite side of the spectrum look where people are either overcompensating by, like, a really big cheesy smile? Because that's what I'm worried about, that people think I'm being too cheesy. I'm like, no, 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 I want to be nice to you. Yeah, yeah. I know. that. Well, that's hard. Um because it, why, what I mean is it's hard for the person that is trying to be nice because you want to be nice, but you don't want the, the person to feel mm-hmm. bad. So you never know how the person you're being nice to is going to feel, right? Right. So my thing to do is make a joke okay. and or be sarcastic or do something. Like last night we were, we were walking out of the bar. It was happy hour and I had had a beer and, and so... I was, you know, running into a couple things and I, you know, with my walker and I said, sorry, drunk driving and, and, you know, three tables laughed. And so that kind of broke the ice. Now that, that can work or it can be awkward too. Cause you know, I can't say drunk driving and people are looking at me like, what's he talking about? Why, what, I mean, why is he making fun of himself? You know, so. You're like, yeah. DUIs is nothing to laugh about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Walking under the influence. <laughs> I don't know. I think I prefer the awkward, silent joke. You're like, yep, yep, nobody gets it. Yep. Well, and and then at least I know that for me, I've done what I can because I can't control that situation, you know, and it's hard for, it's hard for anybody. I mean, if I'm in the situation, I'm trying to be nice to somebody or Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help somebody. I mean, now it's really awkward if, if, uh, I don't know if it's awkward. I don't know what it is. If I have a walker. And I see somebody else with a walker or mm-hmm. a wheelchair struggling with something. And then I feel like I want to help. And so I get up with my walker to struggle over there and help this person <laughs> struggling. So now it's like, you know, two blind <laughs> octopuses, going. you know, trying to trying to do something. Or, you know, two baby giraffes trying to walk or something. I mean, it's just, it's kind of ugly. But I, I feel like I want to help. Or right? adorable. Baby giraffes are so cute. <laughs> They are, unless you feel like one. If you ever feel like a baby giraffe, it's not nearly as cute. I felt like a baby giraffe when I was um, roller skating hmm. with my kids because my legs were going all over the place. And, and I, oh my God, I, I got on the roller. This, they're, they're in middle school. And, and I tried, I said, hey guys, I'm going to come out and roller skate with you. I used to be an awesome, awesome roller skater. Awesome roller skater, yeah. Yeah, back in the day. And I got out there and I struggled to get three quarters way around. I was sweating and... I got off and I, I knew some of the, the admin staff and they're like, oh my God, Jim, I saw you. Have you ever roller skated before? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be quiet. So how do you know that's what a baby giraffe feels like? Because I've seen them. On, You've seen a baby giraffe? Well, I've seen them on roller Discovery skating? Channel. Okay. Yeah, on YouTube. You haven't seen the baby giraffe roller skating on YouTube? I know it's on my agenda tonight. No, yes. Actually, I haven't, but... Um, that's like one of those analogy things. I mean, how do you how do you describe how you feel when you're out there and you're on roller skates and your mind thinks you want to go straight, but your legs go left and right, <laughs> and what comes to mind is you look like a baby giraffe. I mean, that that's how I described it. Very visual, and I love I love visualness to, to our right. conversations. I mean, can't can't so, you yes. just see a baby giraffe and their legs yes. going all over the place? And... This is probably why I never s- tried skiing. I was always afraid of a ski going one way and the other one the other way, and then like a pole hitting me in the eye. Like I stuck to a snowboard. Like everything's connected at one piece. Which is good, but you know what's funny is that that's kind of how I 
skied before MS, so I can't blame <laughs> my clumsiness on MS at that time. But uh, I always used to do think I could do more than I really could, so I... Pizza, french fries, pizza, exactly. french fries, well, you got it? Yeah, I was parallel skiing at that point. I was way beyond pizza. I was way beyond the snowplow. <laughs> Come on, I lived in Colorado. I could ski a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jim, I'm taking over your podcast. I do have another question for you. I know, I feel you. like this has been a, a total switch, which is I'm not used to this, so this is okay. Get used to it. I, I am always the person who knows best. No, okay. just kidding. Yeah, just ask your husband, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, completely different story. Okay. <laughs> okay, so something I've been wor- wondering about, um, I'm the queen of putting my foot directly in my mouth happens all the time uh-huh. everyone who's known me for longer than a week has had this experience right um so what i want to know from you is you live with ms people who don't live with ms don't get it because they don't got it have there ever been like a really naive or really ignorant common comments that you get like when they when someone hears that you live with ms yeah and you know it's um it's hard to think they're ignorant or naive. I mean, they are and they aren't. Um, Means well, kind of. The, yeah, because people mean well, you know. And and I guess it'd be ignorant or naive if they keep on coming at it from that direction. Um, when people mean well, um, then I understand that they're kind of uncomfortable in asking the question to begin with. But some things that bother me sometimes is when... Uh, somebody asks how I'm doing and I tell them, I'm like, you know what? I am just really tired today. And before I get to expand on that, they bust in and say, you know, I was really tired after work today too. You know, (laughs) I, and I just want to scream. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Right. That is not the tired I'm talking about. Right. So take your work day and go back and do it again. And then run a marathon and then come back and work again and that's how tired I am. Oh my gosh, see I've never been that tired. Yeah. I yeah, I'm constantly scared that I'm going to try to be nice and I'm going to say something like, "Oh, I would love to work part-time." And then I'm like, "Nope. Nope. Right. That's insensitive. They yeah. don't want to work part-time. They want to have, you know." Yeah, their and careers. I mean, that's why it's it's really hard. I mean, there there's so many times that I I have to just try to understand that it's coming from a good heart. I mean, people right. aren't trying to hurt my feelings. They just, right. there's times where they don't it's, get it. It's hard. Well, yeah, unless you got it, you don't get it. Right. And so it's, it's hard to understand that. Um, I have such wonderful friends and, you know, they are there. They, they are always asking and I always am interested um, because there's times that we're all in a group and I know they want to ask something, but they're kind of worried about asking or you know is it okay to ask and i'm one of those guys that i would much rather talk about it than not talk about it and so i wish people would ask and uh i wish the one thing that i have a hard time with is if i'm having a bad day i may not know quite how i'm doing Mm -hmm. or the thing that always gets stuck with me is that i kind of have an ms pause where they're like well jim how you doing today and Literally, my brain just goes, and it just doesn't, thank you very much, I'm trying to match you, Um, it doesn't click, you know, so I have to try to think through, well, how am I doing today? And my brain doesn't work like it used to. So I think that pause kind of throws people off a bit, Uh and I sometimes want 
more questions to come after that. But right. I think that the pause makes people think, well, maybe he doesn't want to talk about it or or maybe it's he's having a bad day. And, and so um, that's just my mind chunking well, along. Well, that just leads into another thing I'm trying to wrap my head around is your podcast is how are you really doing? None of this like robots of I'm fine. Like, hey, how are you? Fine. We move on with our lives. Right. And I am programmed to hear fine. And uh, I want to know how people really are doing. And I want to know about your crappy days. So when I say, how are you doing? You say, it is a crappy day or I'm feeling really tired. What's what's like the best way that I as a friend can can move to that next step? Because I'm like, beep, bop, boop, beep. Right. You didn't well, say fine. Yeah. And Inconclusive. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Um, uh <laughs> Error, error. Well, and then there's also, and I understand this too, that if if I'm saying, oh my God, my legs are weak, my medication isn't working, I feel depressed today, you know, if I'm laying all these things out, that's really hard to come back with. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of think that the thing that helps me is one, when people listen and maybe ask questions, or like if there is that pause, um, where I'm kind of slow in answering. If somebody says, well, you know, do you want to talk about what's going on? Um, that helps me because it's like, yes, I do want to talk or, you know, no, I, I'm, you know, I'm fine. It gives me an opportunity to say, because sometimes I, I don't want to talk. And so it takes a lot of energy sometimes to tell somebody how you're mm -hmm. really doing. And so if it's a really busy environment, I don't like doing that because my brain doesn't do well with a lot of extracurricular noises and stuff. Right. But if it's one-on-one -on -one and I have the opportunity to talk, then I really appreciate if somebody wants to hear what is going on with me. Well, that's super helpful when you said, work your day, work it again, run a marathon, work it again. Because then I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You're a giraffe on roller skates. Right. So, ba excuse me, baby giraffe. Thank you. On yes. roller skates. Giraffes can roller skate a lot better <laughs> than baby giraffes. They've had a lot more practice. <laughs> so... So, okay, so just kind of, you know, being patient, letting you talk, but asking more specific questions of what is it like? What are you going through? Right. And um, that's why I always ask about analogies. Analogies to me are really tough. I mean, how do I tell somebody how my legs feel? And right. one analogy that I've come up with, a couple, is um, I feel like my legs are like a cinder block on a rubber band. So my, it's like carrying a cinder block and it's like you're dragging it along with a rubber band and that rubber band isn't gonna carry a cinder block. No. So it feels all. like that. Or um, sometimes it feels like I'm pedaling a bike uphill in the mud and I just can't get anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm putting all the energy in but I can't get anywhere. Um, maybe it's a stationary bike stuck in the mud. I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe that's why you're not going up. Right. No. See, you're just not understanding. See what it is? No. <laughs> no um, if only I you did this. <laughs> yeah. Just do this and you get there. Um, or another one is because uh, it's so hard to explain to people. It, you know, sometimes there's days where I just feel like a, a wet dish rag thrown in the bottom of the sink. You know, when you get done washing the dishes and you're done and it's just all, it just is it's dilapidated. Gross. Yeah. yeah, it's gross and you it's just used. feel it's used and abused and... That's how I feel some days. So when you're asking, I guess it's hard to portray that, but that's, I guess, what I'm hoping to be able to portray. Right. Would you encourage 
other people who are living with MS who, when they have a crappy day or even a good, you know, their good days, do you encourage them to be more vocal and be like more honest or just kind of play it by well, ear for I mean, people look at who want to hear? And I have a podcast, so <laughs> I am very vocal and I, I really, I honestly believe that talking helps. Well, I know it helps me. You know, everybody's different. Fellow extrovert. Exactly. Process it on the outside. Yeah. Everyone gets to be a part of this. Right. And and that, that helps me. So, uh, and I'm, I'm open now. I mean, I've had this for 16 years. At the beginning of my disease, I wouldn't want to talk about it. I wouldn't tell the stories that I tell now because mm-hmm. um, they're embarrassing. But now right. it's who I am. It's part of my life. And I personally encourage people to talk or if they're around me, I want to hear and I want to listen. Maybe some people don't have somebody to talk to. Right. And if that's the case, again, I'd point them towards the EMS Society because you guys are amazing listeners. Mm-hmm. Or didn't you say there's also some um, resources where... Information resource line. Yeah. Um, I don't have the phone number memorized, but the other people, the people on the other side of that phone line, they are like master's degrees in social work. Like they, that's what they were you know, program mm-hmm. to do, to, to take care of, you know, like to care, take care of you and to, to get you in the right place. Okay. Yeah. I cut that one off rather abruptly, but it'll pick back up in part two. So keep listening. Uh, but first here is the information resource phone number that Andrea mentioned. It's 1-800-344-4867. Uh, call that line. And it offers the latest MS information and provides referrals for local MS care centers, physicians, and service providers. Uh, It's also a lending library for books, videos, and audio tapes on MS. Now, this is a free service of the National MS Society, so check it out, and I will bet you'll find something that you didn't even know existed with them. Uh, They help out tremendously. So uh, you can also find these resources online at nationalmssociety.org under the resources and support tab. There you can find a support group in your area by just entering your zip code or get connected on the phone with someone peer-to-peer. Okay, now back to the podcast. Isn't Andrea a fireball? I love her exuberance and I love laughing with her. Uh, I also had fun swapping ideas between my MS brain and her non-MS brain. Uh, Because it's always interesting to me to compare my perceptions with other people's thoughts and ideas. You know, sometimes I'm able to teach something new to someone else. Or what happens a lot is that I see a situation from another angle. Like in talking with Andrea about how she relates with MS since she doesn't have it, I saw the beauty in Andrea's perspective that she puts emphasis on the relationship and not just the MS. And what I realized is that sometimes MS seems to be on my mind a lot. And it's nice to set it aside for a while when I talk with others. So once again, I am the student and not the teacher. And for a change, I am the interviewee instead of the interviewer. Thank you, Andrea, for switching it up and really making me think a lot on this one. In part two of our conversation, we talk more about walk MS and what it has meant for me to participate Uh, getting over my nervousness to do my first walk and what it's like now going into my eighth year as a team captain. You know, as with any journey, my walk experiences have taught me a lot and just keep getting better and better. So come on back for part two so we can talk more about how you're really doing. 
I'm Jim Fairchild, and thanks for listening.